0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the first edition of the Georgia Sports on Tap podcast. I'm your host, Kyle, and I'm also the creator of Instagram page, Georgia Sports Content. And on this podcast, we will spread positivity and touch on all sports to make this the best possible podcast. With that being said, thanks for choosing to listen wherever you get this podcast. Today, I'm going to be saying what edge rusher Marvin Jones Jr. missing spring practice for the dogs means. Um, Then we'll go into expectations for the transfers in and out of the football program, and then thoughts on the men's and women's basketball program, and baseball preview, and then roster movement for the women's soccer team. So Georgia will have a couple early enrollees. They'll have... Four-star Samuel N. Pemba per 24-7 composite. Damon Wilson, a five-star out of Venice High School. Um, Gabe Harris, a four-star out of IMG Academy. And then you have rising sophomore Darius Smith, who had an exceptional highlight-worthy moment in the Ohio State uh, semifinal game where he almost jumped over the line of scrimmage on that field goal kick that was missed badly by Noah Ruggles. One of the best photos in a big game. And not as good as Keeley Ringo's photo when he intercepted it, but up there for top uh, photos in Georgia history. And then you also have Chaz Chambliss, a rising junior who's made great impacts within his um, time as a Georgia Bulldog. He stepped in multiple times. When Nolan Smith went down this past season, he stepped up big in the edge group. He's expected to be a starter along with Marvin Jones Jr. But all these guys are super talented, and you also have a walk-on redshirt sophomore in Luke Collins. He'll be available for the spring game. While Marvin Jones will miss some development time, you'll get the early enrollees more reps. And that's a huge thing to get. But um, that's it for that. And then here we're going to talk about transfers. So the biggest one was A.D. Mitchell going to Texas. And um, he's got family over in Texas. He's got a son in Texas. And uh, when Georgia got him out of high school, they originally started recruiting him when he was a three-star. And then by the end of the cycle, he became a four-star. He came out of Cane Ridge High School in Tennessee after transferring over from Fort Bend High School in Texas. And then you also have guys like M.J. Sherman transferring to um, Nebraska. M.J. Sherman should be an instant starter off the edge for Nebraska after being mostly a special teams player and a role player off the edge for Georgia. Um, and then you got Tresman Marshall to Bama. Tresman Marshall was always teetering between try, almost getting a starting spot, but when you have inside linebackers like Smile Monden ahead of you and Jamon Dumas Johnson, it's hard to get a starting role. But this guy is an elite level linebacker who could basically start anywhere besides Georgia. And then you have Jacob Hood, who spent one year at Georgia after coming in as a three-star. Georgia found him, um, got him to decommit from Penn State. Um, and he uh he's a big time player. He's big bodies, he's like 340. Um, definitely a guy you got to develop a little bit. Don't expect him to start immediately for D- Nebraska, but definitely in like a year or two, he should be up there on their line being a mainstay for them. And then at t- a tight end transfer, we got Rylan Godey. Godey has been at Georgia for four years, but has never made a huge impact, um, because of all the tight end depth with Bowers. Um, Delp, um, Big O last year. Um, So, uh, Godey is transferring to Mississippi State for more playing time, where he should be one of their top tight ends. Um, He transferred with his now fiance and current uh, volleyball player, Alexa Fortin. And then you got Brett Seether, another tight end, who transferred to Georgia Tech. I expect him to be one of the Georgia Tech's top two tight ends. Um, He's a really good player. He's showed some stuff in the spring game. If you've watched some of the spring games, you've seen him make some catches and look really good. You're like, that guy's pretty good. But then you look at the tight end room and you're like, this guy might not have a chance to get on the field because of all the tight end depth. And you just feel bad for the guy. But now he's going to have a chance to compete with uh, Dylan Leonard at Georgia Tech for that starting spot under one, one guy he's very familiar with and Buster Faulkner, who was an analyst at Georgia and is now at uh, Georgia Tech, which uh, is going to be interesting to watch how Buster Faulkner's first year goes at Georgia Tech. Um, I want to mention Dominique Blaylock, who was a guy coming out of Walton. Um, he still has some eligibility left um, i I think there's a chance he commits to georgia tech he 's still still in the portal uncommitted, but he 's a Georgia guy um, so he could be a big time starter and big time player for Georgia Tech if he chooses that but we'll we 'll just have to wait and see on that uh, Eric Gilbert transferring to Nebraska after not being able to get on the field Eric Gilbert's one of those guys who's hard to predict he's got the talent to get on the field but you're not sure if he'll get on the field it's all about getting in to the groove of the offense and being able to get the offense to where he's not a liability I'm hoping for the best for him but I'm obviously not sure what he can do with them um, then you got Bill Norton, who was the first Georgia player to enter the portal. Um, he entered before the national championship and then later committed to Arizona state. He was a four star coming out. Um, uh, really just going to be try- competing for playing time at Arizona. Most likely we'll get a starting spot. I think as most Georgia D linemen should, Um, and last one we got, he's also uncommitted, is Jaheem Singletary. Singletary was a five-star coming out. Uh, he spent one year at Georgia, and now he's a Florida boy. He's deciding to transfer, and, uh, Florida schools seem to be in the mix. FSU would be a really good spot, in my opinion, because they're on that contender range, and obviously... Most schools don't have the defensive backfield of Georgia. So um, I'd look at Florida State. Uh, That'd be a really good spot. They're a contender to win the ACC. Um, Not many other better spots than that. If they choose to go after him, that'd be a really good landing spot. Um, Then we also got the transfers in for Georgia. We got Smoke Bowie who spent one year at Texas A&M, um, he originally committed to Georgia out of high school, and then he flipped to Texas A&M, uh, got into some trouble for smoking weed at Texas, and now Kirby said, hey, we'll bring you back, we'll get you right, we'll, you'll be a depth piece for us, and you'll develop into a big-time safety here. Um, then you got Ra Ra. Ra Ra's had some allegations, so we'll see what happens with those. But if he gets cleared of those, which is a big maybe, um, he should be a starting receiver and one of Georgia's best receivers this year. Um, for Georgia, you also got Dominique Lovett, Missouri's wide receiver number one last year. Um, he He's a really good player. He... Um, transferred in and I expect him to put up some stats with Georgia uh, I'd, I'd say maybe 800 yards and 10 touchdowns something like that in his year with Georgia but I don't there's no definite but um, we'll see what happens and our next topic is going to be we're going to be going over the basketball programs for Georgia starting with the women's they have similar stats to last year and probably are similar to what you would have expected. They're middle of the pack, SEC, being seventh in the SEC at five and six, in conference play. Um, about what you can expect. Uh, Diamond Battles is leading them in scoring. You got Javen Nicholas leading them in rebounding. Um, really, just a bunch of a bunch of new faces with a bunch of transfers after um, the former UCF coach took over. And uh, we'll see how she gets going. This is obviously her first year. So she's got a lot more time to see what she can do here. Um, And then we got men's basketball. Um, They've been better defensively. It seems like they've hustled more. They've been more motivated with a bunch of new players. Um, They had six transfers come in and two preferred walk-ons join the team. Um, they did have a freshman join the team, um, but Kyron Lindsey, unfortunately, during, after showing flashes, decided to transfer to Texas Tech, so we'll, we will have to see what what happens with this Texas Tech career. I'll obviously follow that and try to see how he does. Um, Terry Roberts has been a big, bright spot for Georgia. He's he's made these insane layups. I didn't know he was such a acrobatic-type layup dude. Um, he just goes to the basket, finishes with the trees. Um, Aquindo's been worse than expected, but Aquindo, I don't think he was as good as that 20-point season because he was on an awful team that they had no one so someone had to take all those points and take all those shots so he's not getting as many shots he's not putting up as much production as some people would have thought he would have but to me it's really not that surprising but you would have expected better if you were a Georgia fan following throughout the years so we'll we'll really just have to watch that situation um Braylon Bridges big bright spot no one knew who he was coming as as a transfer during the Korean era obviously this is Mike White's first year year after uh coming over from Florida to coach the UGA men's basketball team um really great lineup I love uh four-star transfer Juice uh Holt he's been really good hustle plays hitting threes from the corner um, then you got guys like uh, M.A. Moncrief providing some rebounding. M.A.'s just been a hustle player. Obviously, he could work on free throws because he's, he, he's thrown some games with free throws, missing a ton, because he gets to line a fair bit. And when he gets there, you can only expect him to make one out of two. Um, then you got the bench players. Justin Hill's been really solid. Justin Hill just comes in is a spark plug when uh they have to take Terry Roberts off the floor. I remember uh last game versus old Miss. Unfortunately, they lost that game where um Braylon Bridges put up a career high of twenty six and eleven um Then you had um Justin Hill just going late in the game making a bunch of layups trying to keep them in it but unfortunately it was not enough for them and they they lost their uh six out of the last seventh. um but overall they've probably been above where most people would have expected because we were a six win team last year so I think all Georgia fans hopes were low because this basketball team hasn't been good in a while but it it was definitely better than uh Most would have said, um, also got to mention the North Texas transfer, Marquez McBride, who's mostly been in as some backup guard minutes, trying to hit some threes, make some passes. Um, Not anything crazy from him this year. Just decent play off the bench, being a quality depth piece. You also got Jabri, the Virginia transfer, coming off the bench. He's not not uh, last year transfer. This is his second year at Georgia. He's been good at hitting the threes. Like some games he'll be going off from three and you're like, this dude is crazy good. He was a high four-star coming out of high school. Very well rated. Um, I'm really excited to see what he can do in the future. Um, He's on a great trajectory. Um, You also got guys like Jalen Egram, the sixth year senior providing some minutes. Um, then you got Jackson Etter, who was kind of pushed out of his role. Uh, Jackson Etter, a fan favorite out of Etowah High School, came in as a preferred walk-on years ago, and he's, he's been great. He's always been a hustle player, but with the talent getting better at Georgia since Mike White came in, he's been pushed out of a role. He's coming some, but he doesn't have a consistent role on the team. And then you got guys like um, you got Brandon Clatsy. um, He's a preferred walk on. And then you got um, Jaden Newell, a preferred walk on. And also the brother of 2024 five star Asa Newell, who is a big time Georgia target. Um, So if he he might help in that recruiting process because you have the brother here, that's definitely a helpful piece in recruiting. Georgia also has two four stars signed for the 2023 class currently with uh, four star Mari Jordan and four star power forward um, Dylan James. So that's a good start to the recruiting for Mike White. We'll see if he grabs anyone else for that 2023 20, class or if he just grabs portal players to come in. I know um, there's going to be a lot of roster shifting with some guys being older within the next few years. Obviously, he's going to have to make the roster younger by getting bringing in his own talent that's not from the transfer portal because no team can build complete thre- completely through the portal. But he's done a good job making it a solid team quick through the portal. And now we move on to our baseball preview. Um, Anthony Dashner of uh, Rivals, the UGA Rivals site, he put out a great article talking about who's starting uh, on Friday the 17th and who's starting for the Bulldogs Saturday the 18th in their opening series versus Jacksonville State. So Jaden Woods is going to take game one for Georgia, the junior lefty uh, who impressed his freshman year out of the bullpen, but was kind of thrown into a starting role his second year as Georgia didn't have enough starters. So uh, and he didn't perform well in that time. So hopefully he's improved his starting routine and figured some things out that he didn't have figured out his sophomore year and then you got Liam Sullivan, the big 6 foot 7 250 lefty who's going to be starting the Saturday game versus Jacksonville State. He's been a fun pitcher to watch. He's had some great games in his Georgia career, but he's also had some really bad games in his Georgia career. He hasn't been perfect. He's still a young guy learning. Um he's new to the starting role, only had like a year of experience fully starting, but um the third, third one is kind of up for grabs, but it seems like it's going to be Nolan Crisp, who, if y'all remember, last year was a quality reliever for Georgia, who, um, who was basically their best bullpen arm. He was consistently throwing strikes. He doesn't have this crazy fast fastball. It's like 89, but he constantly throws it in the strike zone and is pretty accurate with his pitches, so you know he's going to get get you at least four innings probably if he's able to throw strikes, which he should be able to. Um, then you got um, a bunch of freshmen like Leighton Finley, Blake Gillespie, Matthew Hoskins, Colton, uh, Smith, Jarvis Evans, who are, are going to try to carve out a spot as freshmen. It'll probably be in the bullpen. Most likely that's most likely where freshmen get thrown and they try to get some, um, uh, experience. And then another one is Coleman Willis, who is expected to be a high draft pick. He's going into his sophomore year after, um, uh, Not a great freshman year, so we'll see if he can pick it up and get more reps than he did and show some better stuff. Also, you got Chandler Marsh, who's supposed to be a big-time pitcher out of this bullpen. As a freshman, he assumed a big role as a setup guy, and many expect him to jump into a closer role. And I also want to mention Will Pearson. He's a great righty Where's number five? Um, He's been a big part of this bullpen. I expect him to be a quality pitcher, probably a setup man. Georgia also got some good transfers. They got Greenler out of Elon, Zach DeVito out of Tulane, um, Dalton Rylands out of Wolford, Pace Mercer out of ABAC, and I've had the pleasure of talking to Pace Mercer Mercer about his career and one year he told me he didn't have a pitching coach at um abraham baldwin agricultural college that's the full name of the college it's a it's a juco school so his signing process was a little bit different than some guys um so he told me it was kind of like a high school recruitment we talked about his pitch mix and if y'all want more on that it's over on the Instagram at Georgia Sports Content. You'll probably have to scroll a little bit because it wasn't very recent, but it's it's got some good stuff in there. Um, I definitely would say it's a good thing to check out. Um, Georgia's lineup is set to be loaded with talent with a bunch of power hitters. You got um, Parks Harbor as a power hitter. You got. Um, Cole Wagner, who's a power hitter, Corey Collins, Charlie Codon, who's a power hitter. Um, but some of the most consistent guys in the Georgia lineup, you got Connor Tate, who's currently a team captain. I should also mention Nolan Crisp is a team captain, um, and Ben Anderson. If you don't know, Ben Anderson will, will bat leadoff, he's a walks machine. Um, Connor Tate is the reflection of consistency, always getting hits. You can probably count on him for at least one hit a game, sometimes more. Parks Harbor is a power hitter who hits for solid average, hitting for 307 last year, 13 homers, 53 RBIs. Connor Tate hit 345, 13 homers, 58 RBIs. And then you got Corey Collins, who showed a lot of a fresh as a freshman. But he seems to be homer or bust, which he'll he'll have to look to uh, shore that up this year as he moves between outfield, DH, and catcher throughout the year, switching in that lineup. This lineup has a lot of versatility position-wise with one of their second basemen, Will David, who was a 300 hitter before transferring over from Sanford. Um, He'll look to... uh, be a good uh infield depth piece they'll they'll be able to rotate this lineup around a lot and see what works the best because they have so many pieces i don't expect this lineup to stay the same day to day most of the time you'll probably see some switches guys getting days off resting their legs guys switching between dh to rest their legs um so your top two catchers will be uh your top three catchers will be uh Fernando Gonzalez, Corey Collins, um, and then your third kind of emergency catcher, I don't expect him to play much at catcher, is Will David. And then you got LePlant, you got Laplant, Merlot in the infield, you got so many guys that are versatile. Um Corey uh, Collins got some experience playing right field in the Cape Cod League so hopefully he'll be able to move around and then you got um, Cole Wagner who's got experience at first base and in the outfield. Parks Harbor will switch between first and third. Connor Tate can switch between all the outfield spots. Um, Ben Anderson should be in center field on a daily basis. Charlie Codon mostly is a first baseman he's uh been having a lot of when they're practicing he'll have a lot of the top exit velocities in practice where he reaches over 115 on the exit velocity if y'all don't know a lot of homers are 115 or lower like if you hit the ball 115 and high enough in the air it's going out as long as he doesn't mash that into the ground it's it's going out easily um you also you also got young guys like Justin Thomas. Justin Thomas is a big bat potential according to Anthony Dashner and then you got redshirt sophomore Dwight Allen the 2nd. He's been mostly a defensive replacement in his first couple years but expect the speedy outfielder to get some more run this year. Um, the lineup looks to be Ben Anderson leadoff, then you got Connor Tate in the two hole, and then you got so many mixes of options with how many how much depth you have on this team. It's hard to say who the lineup on day one will be. Um, there's no real consensus. Like there could be 20 possible options. I I just don't know here. Um, I would say probably. Um, parks harbor or something in the third spot um cole wagner and Corey collins something like that maybe a charlie Koda somewhere in there there's just so many guys to move around which is a good thing because it provides they got to compete for those spots and whoever earns it is gonna obviously be a good player and you're gonna feel good about them going into the year with that spot um not much more I can say. Just this team, if you if you were thinking about it originally, you might have been like, Georgia's just going to be meh this year. And then you take a deeper look into this roster, and this roster is surprisingly good. This roster is better than last year and could possibly make a run. Georgia's had trouble getting out of their regional the past year. I'm I'm going to predict that that's not going to be a thing for them. They're going to get out of their regional. I don't know how far after that they'll get, but I think they're a team who can get out of the regional, make a push, um, as long as they put it all together, which they have the pieces to do. Um, it doesn't matter what you do during the regular season. It matters what you do during the postseason, which Old Miss obviously showed last year. They definitely weren't the best team last year overall throughout the whole entire season. But if you look at the very end, their experience and depth, they used that to be the best team at the end of the year and put it all together to make a run and eventually win the college uh, baseball world series, which is incredible because there's so, so much, uh, there's so much, uh, so many teams in the, in the tournament during the end of the season that it's so hard to end up winning it all. You really have to just stand out and be the best team in the end of it. Um, baseball is so tough to come. Any team can win. This is one of those sports where um, you can have an off day and you can lose to, like, um, middle Tennessee State if you're Georgia. Like, I, I've i remembered going to some games where, They maybe uh, have struggled versus a bad team, and you're like, what the heck is going on? And then you look at the whole season, you're like, this is a solid team, but they just had a rough game and it didn't turn out the way they wanted it to. And that's going to happen at least at some point for each and every team. You're going to have a bad game, and maybe you lose to a team you shouldn't have, but maybe you'll have that big game, big games during the end of the season where you come out big and you beat teams that everyone is expecting to beat you handedly. Moving on to our Georgia soccer roster movement, we're going to talk about uh, the movement within the Georgia program as they prepare for the next season. Georgia soccer is currently set to have 29 players on their roster, including three recent transfers who signed and... uh, They had two players transfer out. They've had seven freshmen signed to be on the team, but they're not currently listed on the roster and should be listed soon. Um, We'll see how soon they get listed. Georgia had a key loss in Diana Mergui, leaving after being Georgia's top uh, goal scorer this past season with 17 goals. Uh, She was really reliable, always getting a goal in big clutch moments, getting... Penalties, getting um, getting shots. Um, always a big role, role on Georgia. Unfortunately, they lose that. They lose uh, Stessily Stout to graduation. Um, also a big time player in the midfield. Um, hopefully this Dogs team can replace them with some of the people they brought in. Georgia brought in three transfers, including Allie Akers, who, uh is a mid- was a midfielder for Notre Dame for 2 years and transfers over after playing at Notre Dame for that time. Dogs also brought in transfer uh Summer Dinigan, who comes over after playing uh one season at Florida State where she logged 84 minutes. She's a midfielder coming over from Florida State and she fun fact she was also the place kicker at her high, high school Ryle High School which is pretty interesting um and then we have then we have Olivia Brady hopefully I said that name right um she's a transfer from uh, uh Arizona she's returning back home to Georgia she originally went to Milton High School um and she uh is from Alpharetta Georgia and she's coming back after playing 33 games and starting 12 games at Arizona in two seasons. She will have two years of eligibility left with the dogs, Um, so a good get. Uh, Hopefully, she'll provide an instant impact. Hopefully, she'll provide an instant impact for second-year coach Kendai McAlpine, who came over from um, USC. He's an Alabama native, so he's coming back to get closer to home. Um, he um, won a national championship in 2016 with USC and was the 2021 Coach of the Year with them. So um, he got hired in December of 2021, and his first year was a major success with dogs getting to the second round of the NCAA tournament for the first time since 2011 and getting to the tournament for the first time since 2014. So major success in his first year after getting a transfer in Diana Mergui to lead his attack. And now he's trying to build off this success and make um this team better. But he'll have, have to replace a great player in Diana Marguerite. Uh It's probably going to have to be a bunch of players to replace all her production. It's not going to be on the shoulders of all one player. But you do have your second leading, they return their second goal scorer in Mally McKenzie. Um, so that's a big help. Um, they also return 19 out of 29 players. They'll have three transfers coming in, seven freshmen. So that'll be fun to see. Um, I'm going to list off the seven freshmen for you now. Um, and hopefully we'll get to watch and see um, how much time they get in their first year and hopefully they'll be contributors and big-time um, players for Georgia in the near future. The incoming freshmen for Georgia are Christina Brathwalt, who's a midfielder, um, Ch- Haley uh, Chamberlain, a midfielder, um, Virginia Odom, a defender, um, Caroline Smith, a forward, um, Kira Stadi, a defender, um, Abby you kratz I hope I said that right, a midfielder, um, Devin Winters, a midfielder, um, and those are your um, freshmen for the Bulldogs in uh, 2023. So hopefully we'll see what this team does in 2023. And they currently have 29 players set to be on the roster. Um, While uh, those girls aren't officially listed on the roster, they will be a part of the 2023 roster. Um, They'll start um, soccer season starts. I'm checking the schedule right now. They still got a while before next season, but their roster looks to be set for the upcoming season. So we'll we'll look to see how they do next year um which the season will start in August sometimes the schedule hasn't been officially released so we'll look forward to providing more updates as they come just wanted to do an early look at what it's looking like and how it looks now that it looks to be set um for the soccer season I hope y'all aren't too sick of me talking Uh, since y'all have been listening to me talk for like 30 straight minutes. This is the longest I've probably ever spent talking to myself. Um, So I hope y'all enjoyed it. Uh, I hope to provide further updates within the coming days and make these podcasts better and better. And I hope to get guests on. I've talked to uh, some other creators who said they'd be interested in uh, doing some uh, podcasts with me. So um, those are definitely going to be more enjoyable to record and to, for you to listen to, cause you won't be listening to the same person ramble on and on about Georgia sports, but I've rambled enough and thank you guys so much for watching and that will do it for the first edition of the Georgia sports on tap podcast. Thank y'all for listening and have a great day.